Welcome to the Lakeside Baptist Church Podcast. We pray you are blessed as you hear the Word of God today. For more information regarding Lakeside Baptist Church, please visit lakeside.asn.au. Anthony, uh, and thank you, Brandon, for, for sharing your heart there. Uh, and talking about school is a good segue for me because uh, we're, we're going to be continuing on our series uh, in goodness. Uh, and so before we do that, I'm going to pray uh, and then I'm going to talk about some of my school experiences as well. So, so Heavenly Father, we, we thank you that you're a good God um, and we thank you that we can come before you. Uh, we, we thank you for your word that you give us and how it speaks to us and teaches us. And, and Lord, I just pray that your spirit would be with us as we seek to learn from you today, uh, and that, that you, would, you would soften our hearts and help us to hear what you, what you want to say to us. In your name we pray, amen. Uh, so it is exam time uh, for, for many people, whether it's uni or school, and so I don't want to try and uh, make you relive too many traumatic experiences, but in year 12, uh, I did not pass one English exam. Uh, I... <laughs> There was one I technically passed. I, uh, my English teacher, who was not so good at maths, uh, added up my score wrong, and so instead of failing by five marks, I ended up passing by one. Uh, and so I didn't tell the teacher, obviously, and I have since repented of that, uh, but uh, the, the record goes to show I, I struggled a little bit in year 12 uh, with my essay writing. Uh, and my English teacher was a bit of an interesting character. Uh, he wore an eye patch. Uh, there's nothing wrong with wearing an eye patch, but it was a little bit interesting, I thought, as a year 12 student. Uh, and he wasn't particularly encouraging, and he didn't teach many things about English. He, his main kind of uh, thing was be better. Uh, and so when you don't know what you're doing, to be better is sometimes not super helpful. Uh, one of my friends who sat next to me who also failed English uh, one time received the feedback, you suck, uh, <laughs> uh, which also wasn't particularly helpful. Uh, but sometimes when, when we hear this constant refrain of disappointment uh, and when we constantly try but continually fail, sometimes we start to stop care, caring. Sometimes, because it's really hard to care when, when you continually try and pour your heart and soul into something and you continue to try, try your hardest, you pour your heart and soul, but you continue to fail. Where you continue to fall short uh, no matter how hard you try and there's not even anything necessary anything uh, that, can, that can help you or prop you up and you don't have the help that you need, but you continue to fail. And so for me, by the time I finished and I came into my last exam, I, I did not study, I did not care, I did not try, uh, and I, once again, failed my last exam. Uh, but, but the thing was, I, w- I was so discouraged because there, there, was, no, there was no help for me, there was, there, no one really cared um, about what I could do or gave me any helpful feedback about how to write a better essay. Uh, the, the teacher was, was too consumed uh, with making sure his eye patch was positioned in a way that, that made his uh, bald head shine very well in the light. Uh, and, so, and, and he was too busy writing feedback on my friend's assignment saying, that you suck. And so I didn't have any help and I, and I didn't know what to do. And so I just thought, well, why try? I'm going to fail anyway. And, and sometimes when we, when we come to church every week uh, and the pastor comes and tells you, you need to stop doing this, you need to do more of that, and you need to change this part about your life. And then you go out and you try and do it and you fail. Sometimes that can be quite discouraging. And so sometimes you walk away and you be like, oh, why, why try? What's, what's even the point? Because every time I get told to do it, I, I come away and, and, I, and I fail, and so I think, well, why try? What's the point? Because it's, it's discouraging to walk away consistently and fail, because we, we all do that. Like we, we all continually fail. We all continually wrestle with the disappointment in our own lives, how we fall short, how we're not good enough, 
And so sometimes we, we just stop trying. We, we stop caring about trying to be a good Christian or we stop caring about trying to do things like goodness because we just fail. And so today we're going to look at goodness in Second Peter, but I also want to look at the, the why. Because when we, when, we, when we know why we do it and we, and we know how do we do it and how do we continue to stay motivated when we have help, when we have people that support us or when, when we know how to do it in a way that doesn't lead to discouragement and, and failure or when, when failure is okay, then, then going away and doing it is a little bit easier. And so we're going to be looking at Second Peter chapter 1. Uh, and so if you want to follow along on the screen or in your Bible, uh, we're going to look at uh, verses 5 onwards. And it says, For this very reason, make every effort to add to your faith goodness and to goodness knowledge, and to knowledge self-control, and to self-control perseverance, and to perseverance godliness, and to godliness mutual affection, and to mutual affection love. And so, so Second Peter, it kind of lists this, this bunch of attributes. Um, it's not something that's uncommon in the Bible. So um, in, in youth, uh, we're looking at the fruit of the Spirit, and so there's lots of different attributes that you should have. There's another similar one in Romans 5. Uh, but this isn't something that's exclusive to Christianity. So quite often, like, we list the attributes that we live by. So today, you might, the attributes that might be standing up in your... Got some bassy tones in my, my throat today... Uh, but we, 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 we might live by the, the you know, the, the, the statement, live, laugh, love. Beautiful, hang it up on the wall, live, laugh, love. Or, or maybe you, you might live by the, the term, do I need a microphone, maybe? Um, you might live by the, am I all good or do you want me to use this? Use what I got? All right, I'll leave this just in case. Uh, I'll turn it off. Try and work this thing. It's a rough gig. Uh, it's all right. I'm gonna. I'm learning to deal with discouragement. Uh, so, so as we as we as we learn, you know, there's different principles. Um, so some people might live by the the statement "eat, sleep, repeat." Like that's a classic one, right? We live by that. Those are the things we value. Those are the attributes. Uh, but even in in the Jewish world, there was certain traits that you would live by. There were, you know, like there was similar to this the, these statements in here. There was different things that that you you know that you'd list out the traits that you valued and cared for. Uh, and and in Greek philosophy, which was which you know was quite uh, surrounded by, by people in here, I go again. Uh, there, there, there's different things that they would live by and work through. Do you want me to do you want me to switch to a mic? Yeah. All right. Here we go. Am I in? I am blue. There we go. Thank you. All right. Now I've got to try and juggle my Bible, and this is going to be. Uh, no, I'm going to. I'm going to. I'm going to go for the challenge. <laughs> got to stretch myself. Uh, so, try to remember where I am. So Greek, Greek people. So Greek people would would you list out these traits as well. So when they're talking about philosophy and when they're talking about how to be a good person and a good human being, that was something that they really cared about. And so quite often, they would do the same thing. They would list a lot of traits. And a lot of traits in, uh, in, in this list are actually things that are quite uh, common, to this little shuffle, uh, for Greek people. 
And so uh, if we think about it, so faith uh, or faithfulness was actually something that was quite common uh, in Greek culture. And obviously like faithfulness to, to your wife and your family. And so like being, being consistent and being someone that's trustworthy in that and being faithful to, to your nation and your people, that was something that was quite common in, in the Greek world. And so even things like knowledge and self-control, like really important uh, in Greek philosophy. Uh, and even uh, when we come to like, you know, like, you know, military kind of conquests and things like that, perseverance was really, really valued and really important. Uh, and godliness or, or, or piety and devotion were also things that were extremely valued. There were, there were things that, that every kind of person valued. And so when we think about the list of traits on, on this, in this passage, they're not things that are unique to Christianity. So it's not like we're the only ones that are trying to gain knowledge. Like, that's, that's not, it's not what's going on. It's not like we're the only ones that are trying to have perseverance. Like, these are things that everyone tries to do. And so if we were to zoom in on goodness, uh, we, we, it's, it's actually this word that only comes up in two other places in the entire Bible. And, and it's this word that um, sometimes we translate as excellence or moral excellence. And so it's saying that, that you know, we're to strive, you know, so it's like make every effort, push forward, make sure we're adding, adding to, to what we have. We want to strive for, for moral excellence. We want to be people who, who are good at what we do. We make good decisions. We, we are wise in, in how we steward things. We're, we're the benchmark setters for what is good and what is right. That's what we're striving for. And so you ask, like, how do we, how do, we do that as a Christian? Because if everyone's trying to do it, then are we actually doing anything different? And so there's a couple of things uh, when we look at goodness and we think about moral excellence. Uh, the first one is, is that we are directed by God. And so quite often in the world, uh, the world will say something is, is morally excellent or something is good. There, there's tons of things in the world that all of a sudden someone will take a stand and say, this is what is now good. And that, that changes over time. So, and, and, and sometimes it's hard to see in our own context how, how people might say that something's good when in reality it's not. But if you look back, there's a lot of things that used to be really good that are now not good. So if you, if you think about things like child sacrifice, that was once a really good thing. That was once morally excellent, but now it's not. Like, we don't do child sacrifice here at Lakeside. That's not, not one of the things we do. And we, we don't have people as possessions. Like, that's no longer a thing anymore. We, you know, we treat people equally. Everyone has uh, inherent value. We, we don't kill people that we disagree with. If, if, we, if we want to have a disagreement, we can do that. Um, we, these days, we, we tend to argue on social media instead of killing them. But, but once, once upon a time, that, that, that was what you do. If, even if, if you were a Christian and another Christian disagreed, instead of having a, you know, a different denomination, we'd just kill them. We'd wipe them out. But that is not morally excellent. Think, things change and society says that different things are okay and different things aren't. And I can guarantee like, our grandkids are going to look back and say, I can't believe you used to do that. You guys are incredibly bad. That's going to happen. That's the reality of what it is. And, and, and moral excellence in society quite often changes, but, but what the Bible says doesn't. What the Bible says, and when we're directed by God and when we follow the Bible, that, that moral excellence is what we look to. And so we're morally excellent in a way that is directed by God. Morally excellent in a way that is centered on the Bible, and that is something that does not change the Bible does not change. What God has called is good does not change. The, the second thing is that, that moral excellence for a Christian goes above and beyond. 
And so when we talk about goodness, it's not something that we just do because that's uh, what everyone else does, but it's something where we go above and beyond, wildly above and beyond. And, and Jesus tells this story of the Good Samaritan where, where it's not just you do good because someone else is kind of good, or it's not that we do good because uh, you know, they're not a bad person, but even you do goodness even for the bad people. Even for the bad people, you know, you, you, you pay for their Medicare bills. Even if they got Medicare, you still pay for it. You know, you, you take them up, you let them stay in your spare room, even if they're a bad person. It, it calls us to be wildly above and beyond. And so for a Christian, we, when we talk about moral excellence, where it's above and beyond, regardless of, of what people say that we're supposed to do, regardless, regardless of, of how bad the other person is, regardless of what other people say is kind of the limits of where goodness kind of finishes... It goes above and beyond because that's what Jesus did for us, right? We go above and beyond. And, and so when we, when we talk about doing all those things, that's actually really hard. Like that's it's really hard to be good. Like that's, I've got to do my other shuffle again. I'm going to put this down so I can change my page. Uh, but that's, that's a really difficult thing to do. And it's discouraging because I don't know about you, uh, but... I know that I aren't good a lot of the time. Like that's, I, I'm in trouble all the time. That's what, if I'm, I'm in youth ministry, that's, that's how it works. Um, but, but like I, there's a lot of the time where I'm not good. There's a lot of the time when I, when I fall short. There's a lot of the time, and it's discouraging because I, I, I know that I'm supposed to be, you know, having a person with moral excellence. And so I quite often walk away discouraged because I can't do it. And I guess the point sometimes about, well, if I can't do it, then why try? Because I'm just failing and I feel bad and it's just an endless cycle. And, and so now, so we have to turn to the why are you being good? Because the standard is high. And so, and some, sometimes when we read the Bible, we read it as if it's a book about us. We, we read the Bible as this is a book, so we, we focus on the passages that talk about us. We, you know, we love talking about Bible verses, about who we are and, and what, what is coming for us and, and the good things that are going to hum, you know, the things that encourage us. But the, the Bible is actually a book about God. Like this is, this is a book about God and there's implications for us. It means that we do things, it means that we respond in certain ways, but it's primarily a book about who God is. And so sometimes we skip over those passages because we, we feel like we already know them or, or, you know, we feel like we've heard it before or, or it's, you know, we want to focus on the bit that kind of tells us what to do and we get to the point. And so that's where we, we have to ask, why are we good? Like, what, why does God call us to be good? Because if it's a book about God and He's telling us to be good, then we have to ask why. And so sometimes, like, we kind of naturally default to this thing. It's like, all right, we have to be good because otherwise God will be disappointed. You know, so he's just standing there, he's got his hand on his hip, he's looking down on you, and, and he's just disappointed if we're not good. Or, or sometimes uh, it'll be because, you know, the pastor will know. You know, if the pastor knows I'm a bad person, in his three-hour prayer time that he has each day, he might bring me up, and he might be disappointed. Or, or maybe sometimes uh, you might think, if I'm not good enough, I might not get in. And so the reason that you're trying to be good and the reason, because, you know, he might not let me in if he knows that I do this thing. And so sometimes we have these whys uh, that aren't necessarily what the Bible actually says. 
And so there's this, this is really good uh, Bible teacher. Her, her name is Jen Wilkin, uh, and, and she does a lot of Bible teaching stuff, and I really recommend uh, giving a listen to her. But she, she asked this question, what is the therefore, therefore? What is the therefore, therefore? It gets a bit confusing. But quite often when we get to a passage like this, there is a therefore at the beginning. And sometimes we just skip it because it doesn't seem important, but it's actually really important. And at the beginning of our passage, it says, for this reason. So it's not just saying, be good, but it's saying, be good because of something. So you've got to figure out what the something is. So you've got to go back. So if we jump back a couple of verses, you can see up on the screen, uh, in, in uh, 2 Peter chapter th- uh, 1, verse 3 and 4, it says, His divine power has given us everything we need for a godly life. That's really good. That means we can be good. That means we can do moral excellence. And so how do I be morally excellent? Well, well, through our knowledge of Him who is Jesus. So we are good through our knowledge of Him who called us by His own glory and goodness. So because Jesus has called us, we are good. That is our why. That is our reason. Through, through these things, he has given us every, a very, his very great and precious promises so that through them you may participate in the nature having escaped the corruption in the world caused by evil desires. That's our therefore. That's our, that's our reason why we do this. That's our reason how we can do it. That's our reason why we do it. Because we know Jesus through our knowledge of Him. That's our why. So it's not, it's not because God will be disappointed. Because he, he already had to save you. He already had to send Jesus. It's not like, it's not like you're, you're not, He's not, not disappointed by you already because you've already failed. So He sent His Son so that you, that because He was, because we did fall short. And, and it's, not, it's not because the pastor might be disappointed because He's disappointed God too. He, he, he can't do anything. He, it doesn't matter what he thinks. I don't matter. And, and it's not because you might not get in, because if we know Jesus, we know that it is not through what we do that gets us in. It's through Jesus. And, and so it's through knowing Jesus that, that we can be good without the discouragement, without the disappointment, without that feel of, I'm going to fail, so why try? And sometimes we, we, we kind of know Jesus and we, and we know what, what, what it is and, and all those kind of things, but it's actually a lot deeper than just kind of having a, a basic knowledge or kind of knowing that, oh, yeah, I know Jesus died. And so sometimes we, we kind of have this idea um, that, that the gospel is like this thing that we, you know, the, it, you know, you use the gospel to get into the Jesus club. You know, like, so, all right, if I, if, you know, if I, if I go and look at, um, there's another there's a little circle with a person heading into the Jesus Club, and the, and the gospel is what gets him in. So it's like, you know, this little code word, like, Jesus died for my sins, I'm in the club. Now time to be good. Uh, it's not that. The gospel is something that we continually return to. The gospel is, it is the club. club. Club Jesus is the gospel. And so if we move on to the next slide... The gospel is the club. And so we're not just coming to the gospel so we can get saved, but we come to the gospel for everything. We continually turn to the gospel. We continually turn to the knowledge of Jesus. 
That is the thing that, that helps us. That is the thing that motivates us. That's the thing that gets us by. That is what brings about goodness in our lives. We continually turn to the gospel. And, and this is the thing where, where it's not just a, a, a kind of a, you know, a brief kind of knowledge, but it's an emotional understanding of who Jesus is. Where, uh, in, in, you know, through my time in being a youth pastor, we've been on quite a few camps, and quite often uh, at, these, at these Christian camps, we talk about Jesus, believe it or not. And by the last night, when people kind of understand who Jesus is and what he's all about, uh, people are crying and people are, are making commitments. They're going to stop doing something. They're going to dump their non-Christian girlfriend or they're, you know, they're going to stop looking at things or you know, they're going to be a better Christian and they're going to come to youth group or church more often. They're gonna, they make all these commitments because they have an emotional response and an understanding of remembering who Jesus is. They, they, they come and they, they continue to turn and, and know Jesus. And that happens again and again. And sometimes it's, if you just do it on youth camp, it might be something that might be once a year. But we want to continually be in the gospel. We want to continue to be turning to the gospel and having an emotional understanding of who Jesus is. And I'm talking about a time where you sit down and think about what Jesus did and bawl your eyes out. Because the story of the gospel is insane. Like when you actually sit down and think about what the gospel is and what it means, it is insane. Like it it is wild. When you think about the fact that we rejected God in in the worst way possible, like we, we did bad stuff. And, and you guys all know that. You, like, you, can, you can think back to the things that you did. You can think back to things that you've even done after you become a Christian, and you're like, I, I, I did bad. And you think about those failures. You think about how you fell short. You think about how you're not good enough. You think about how little you deserve. And then you think about what Jesus did in response to that. Like, it's actually insane that, that Jesus would choose to die for us despite that despite the fact that we rejected him, despite the fact that he knew that we would continue to do the wrong thing, and yet Jesus still chose to come down and, and bear that for us. That is wild. The thing that Jesus would choose to come and die for you, to sit down and just think about the actual ramifications of, of how crazy it is that Jesus would actually choose to give himself up so that even though you were completely against God and completely reject God and he still chose to come and wear that so that you could have a relationship with him. He chose to die for us even though we reject he chose he chose to give up everything. He chose he chose to suffer on a cross. And you think about that on on an emotional heart level of how big that is. How crazy it is that Jesus would choose to do that. How much grace there has to be for him to choose to do that. Like, it's crazy. Like, why? Why why would he choose to do that? Because it just doesn't make sense. Like, I know I'm a bad person. I know that I've stuffed up. I know that I don't deserve any of that. And yet there he goes to bear the sins of the world for those who rejected him, 
for those who hurt him, he chose to die. And that's the thing that we continue to turn to. Because when you know that, and when you continue to turn that and live in that, that is how we move forward in goodness without the discouragement, without the failure. Because when you stuff up, you just know that, like, man, Jesus, he still chose to... You just draw closer. You just want to hold him tighter. Because it's just amazing. When, when you, and, and all you want to do is just try and be good for him. You're just going to do your best. You're going to do, and you sit there, ball your eyes out and think about, I just want to love Jesus because what he has done is absolutely insane. And so we want to hold tight and we want to step forward. We want to hold tight to the gospel. We want to hold tight to Jesus and continue to know him. We want to know Jesus. We want to continue to return to the gospel in everything that we do. Not just because we know it and we're not just dismissing it, but the gospel is everything. So we hold tight to Jesus. We hold tight to who he is and what he has done for us. And we step forward. We, we move forward in, in goodness. Not because we have to, not because we're, there's some sort of punishment waiting for us, not, not because out of fear of disappointment, but because, man, that is, that is crazy. Like it is actually crazy when you just sit there and think about what he actually did. So we we want to be we want to have a goodness culture. We we want to do good to our community. We want to we want to people people who set the benchmark in what goodness is. We want to do it because we we just can't believe what's happened. Like it, it just doesn't make sense. Like and so when and when people you know might be might be mean to us or give us a hard time, it's like oh, I know what I did to Jesus, and what you did is nothing compared to what well, what I did to Jesus. So I'm just going to keep being good. Doesn't even matter. We just we just do it because because we're just deeply moved and deeply changed by what Jesus has done for us. And so we hold to that knowledge of Jesus and keep moving forward. We hold to Jesus in everything. We continue to return to the gospel and keep moving forward. So I want to encourage you guys, if, if that's something that you haven't done in a while, just sit down and, and just think about what that means. Just sit, sit down and just think about how crazy it is. Think about how undeserving we are. Think about all, all the failures and, and all the times that you've fallen short and all, all the things that you carry with you that you regret and just think about how Jesus loved you despite all of that. Sit there and, and weep and cry and, and just feel the abundance of grace that we have received and then step forward in goodness out of that and continue to do it. Don't, don't just make it an irregular thing, but just even if you have to set aside time, just sit down. It's not even that hard to do. You just sit down, think about what it is that Jesus has done for you and then step forward. Hold tight to Jesus and step forward. Let's pray. Father, we, we want to thank you that you are such a good God. You, you would send your son to die for us despite all the things that we did. 
We want to thank you that, that even when we fail again and we continue to, to disappoint or when we continue to fail, that you are right there ready to catch us and, and that you, your grace is abundant. We thank you for your love and your mercy. We thank you for your death on the cross. And well, Lord, we want to come before you. We want, to, we want to sit in that place and know who you are so we can step forward in goodness. In your name we pray. Amen. Please stand and we'll sing our last song.